Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh House. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. Week 8 is underway as the Buffalo Bills almost, almost... Gave up a win in Buffalo to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That couldn't be us losing to the Buccaneers, but I digress. We have a lot to talk about as the New England Patriots prepare to travel to Hard Rock Stadium and play the Miami Dolphins. Joshua Houts, there is one statistic that stands above all the rest. I feel like we should start the show by saying it. To a tongue of a low has never lost to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Was that the st- stat you were going with? I mean, I love using that every um so far, every time they played when two has been a dolphin. And everyone's always like, You jinxed it, you jinxed it. At this point, it's just a tradition. And so far, we haven't jinxed it. So five and zero oh, every time two a tongue of a low starts versus Bill Belichick and that New England Patriots defense. Um, and that's the perfect way to start this pod, man. How are you doing? It's Friday. Let's do this. It's Friday, feeling pretty good, hoping the Dolphins can get back on track with a nice matchup against the Patriots. Another stat here, uh, listening to part of my take this morning, Mac Jones is 0-5 against the spread when playing the Miami Dolphins. So if I combine those two, I can say that's a jinx right away because it's a little scary how confident we can feel about facing a team like the New England Patriots, but that's just how the Dolphins have played in recent weeks and recent years where, hey, all of a sudden, it's no longer the New England Patriots leading division. Uh, Josh, this is a Patriots team that have lost three straight games before beating Buffalo last week, 29 to 25 at home. Does that game right away, before we even dive into this matchup, does that give you any sense that this is going to be a team that's going to come in feeling pretty good or maybe a team that's maybe too much in its own head? 
Yeah, I mean, they got to be feeling pretty confident after beating the Buffalo Bills, right? And we can sit here and, you know, talk about sort of blue in the face, but these divisional matchups between these teams are always a struggle. I mean, you're looking at two of his stats. We're sitting here talking about being undefeated. I mean, he still threw for, what, like 247, I think I had it up the last time. Uh, 249 the last time they played a touchdown and interception. You know, not godly numbers, but he's still getting enough done. So I think they got to feel feeling pretty confident after beating the Buffalo Bills. Um, I did have to look it up because you mentioned Mac Jones, and I know wins aren't a quarterback stat, but he's one and four against the Dolphins. So um, they should be have a lot of confidence riding into this one. But the Dolphins, they should have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder, right? I mean, they got to bounce back and prove to themselves in the world that they're not just uh, a team that can go out there and beat up on those one and two win teams. So um, yeah, man. Mac Jones, the New England Patriots, they're rolling into this one, feeling a lot different than they might have a few weeks ago. This is the Dolphins team, though, that looks ready to smash some glass. There's a lot of positive vibes after struggling in Philadelphia. This is a team that it's clear they know they need to win some games, especially against good opponents. Uh, man, I loved what Xavier Howard had to say because sometimes I get a little nervous because he's someone who's very intense. We go back to the contract dispute where everything, it's one of the weird scenarios where everything actually kind of worked out for the best, where the player gets paid, everyone's happy, and he gets his extension. But Xavier Howard, when he was talking about the in-season hard knocks, he was like, you know, ranting about how we haven't beaten anyone yet. Like we, we aren't good enough to be on this and all this stuff like that. So I'm really interested to see what this pissed off Miami Dolphins team could look like knowing that they come off the loss. And apparently, I mean, obviously we do five podcasts a week, let alone everything else happening in the world. They hear the noise of, Hey, you can't beat Philadelphia. You can't win in Buffalo. So what are you going to do? Is this going to be a situation though, man, where, you look ahead next week, Germany, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's a long trip to face Patrick Mahomes. Could the Dolphins be caught looking ahead just as simply as the you know New England Patriots might be in their own head? I really hope not. And I mean, we hear Mike McDaniel saying all the right things, saying for weeks how they're not looking ahead. They take it one week at a time. You know, he joked, I think, last year. He didn't even know who they were playing, you know, two weeks down the road. Um, so I hope they're not looking ahead of this one. But, I mean, you're sitting here saying it. We talked about the last game against Philly. Is that a must-win game just because they haven't been able to beat these good teams? I don't know if it was, but these next two weeks, man, if you somehow – and I, I hate that I'm even bringing it up, but you lose this game to the New England Patriots, then you're traveling into Germany to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean – We'd go from what? Or we're five and two right now. We'd be five and four and be heading into the bye weekend. Um, you know, that awesome start that we had would all feel like that's so Dolphins. So um, I felt a couple weeks ago we were past this, right? Past talking ourselves into this. But um, I agree with X. Until we actually win something, maybe we should temper our expectations a little bit and maybe not go around to everyone we see on X and, uh, you know, fight them tooth and nail until the Dolphins go out there and win a meaningful game that we all hope happens this year, right? Dude, go get into the bye at five and four it would be make me that's so what it would easy. be too right like just saying that makes me think like oh my god how oh man <laughs> i we'd have to podcast about that two weeks of it oh dude i can't i can't i don't even want to think about that right now and i mean we've seen it before with them right they got hot they'd went go on a win streak last year then they go on a losing streak a win streak i mean oh damn dude they, they got to beat the patriots they don't have to beat them but they have to beat them <laughs> This is an interesting week for the Miami Dolphins, and it's a tough week for whoever does the injury reports, Joshua. The Miami Dolphins started with 13 players listed on the injury report, and it was a pretty spooky one with Halloween less than a week away. Tyree Kill didn't practice. Raheem Mostert didn't practice. We have Tua coming out and saying, God, I hope we can maybe someday down the road our pass will cross with Tyree Kill he's a, again. He's a troll. He's a troll. Can we admit that, that 
uh, Tua, like, he, he knows exactly what he's doing in these interviews. Like, he does come off as awkward sometimes, and he does admit, like, he likes to be pers- uh, keep things private and stick to himself. He has been in this, uh, you know, he's been in the NFL in front of microphones long enough where I think he knows how to play things, especially having to deal with the war zone of Chris Greer and Brian Flores. He's, he's probably taking a few notes. Yeah, he's probably snickering in the background when he's hearing everybody and seeing all these reports coming out that, you know, Tyree Kill could be out for an extended period of time. So uh, thank God that wasn't much. I mean, I didn't really have time to react to the rumors that he was going to be out because um, it was debunked that fast. But the other one, Jake, and we're sitting here talking about the injury report. I mean, we may as well talk about it, right? Um, Jalen Ramsey, uh, there's been reports that he was going to play this week. I think even Adam Schefter broke it. And then Jalen Ramsey himself had to come out like, now everybody pump their brakes. You know, I'm, I'm feeling good, but we're not quite there yet. So it's still undetermined whether he'll play this week. But um, to just think that we're that close to getting Jalen Ramsey back, um, X was limited with his groin injury. I saw you tweet, thank God it doesn't have an S at the end. But um, what are your thoughts, man, when you're looking at this injury report? Who would you like to see the most this week? Would it be Jalen Ramsey off of this injury report besides, you know, uh, Tyree Kill and some of these other names? Is that really that big name that sticks out to you? Or, you know, could Connor Williams maybe be more valuable to this team? Um, that's just sounded crazy to say. Ignore what I just said. So Schefter's tweet was that the Dolphins are planning for uh, Ramsey to make his return Sunday from the knee injury that he suffered in the summer. Per sources, Ramsey is now expected to be back on the field three months after his knee surgery. Um, and then Jalen Ramsey, it was something along the lines of he wasn't near his phone. He went back to his phone and it was just completely blowing up. Um, he even said that this is news to me. Um, MFs, you can figure out what that means. Don't care about being right. They care about being first in today's media. That's sad. So he kind of did like the back in my day. Journalists had sources. Uh, but Ramsey even added that he's a Schefter fan. So he's not mad for doing his job. He was just, he didn't know that a report like this was going to come out. And Ramsey added on top of that, too, that there's a chance he'll play on Sunday. It really does come down to how he's feeling. It's not one of those things where they're trying to hide it. Uh, Vic Fangio said this on Thursday. Ramsey's not repeating it. I'm fairly confident Mike McDaniel is going to be saying the same stuff. So I would love to see Jalen Ramsey out there. And I think it'd benefit the entire team to have him out there um, on Sunday at Hard Rock when everyone be feeling good. The weather's nice before having to voyage out to Germany. That's just me personally, Josh, but would you err on the side of caution if things aren't 100%? Obviously, I, I probably would too if he's not ready to go 100%, but would you be even a little more cautious just for the sake of we're Dolphin fans? Yeah, and I'm allowed to say this because Merrick's not here to yell at us, right? I, I would be a little extra cautious, <laughs> I think. You're, play, you're playing New England Patriots. I mean, assuming Xavier Howard's good to go and those that groin isn't as banged up as it could be, I mean, throw X out there, throw Cater Kohu out there. You know, this secondary will be okay against New England Patriots. Get healthy and have him ready to go, um, you know, unleash him in that Frankfurt game. But um, I guess it really comes down if he is 100% because I know Jalen Ramsey wants to get out there. We know this Dolphins defense wants him to get out there and – um, I know us Dolphin fans want him out there, right? I mean, uh, I don't want to say his defense hasn't lived up to the potential that we all had high hopes for, but it's going to be much closer to that defense that we saw fourth this season with Jalen Ramsey out there. So um, we'll probably hear a bunch of he says, she says stuff over the next, what, 48 hours until um, an actual decision will be made on game day. But don't be surprised if the Dolphins do err on caution because we've seen them do it time and time again. Nick Needham. Limited Thursday uh, with his Achilles injury. He's someone who could also return to the lineup. Uh, Cater Kohu has been battling a neck injury for a few weeks now. He's limited as well. Javon Holland has been working through the concussion protocol. After not practicing Wednesday, you know, the siren kind of went off like, oh boy, is, is the snowman going to 
melt away at Hard Rock and, and not be there on Sunday. Uh, but he did return to practice on Thursday, and he was out there wearing the red uh, non-contact jersey. So I'm just here to tell you there's a chance. I won't say that he will play or he won't play. It kind of does feel like a lot of the times, especially this season, if someone suffers a concussion, it's probably like an 80, 70 We'll go 70 to 80% chance that that player will miss at least one week. But to see Holland back out there being on the field, even despite that contact jersey, has to make you feel pretty good about his chances to uh, work through that uh, by Sunday. Yeah, I mean, everything you said has me feeling good about this secondary. It does sound like uh, Javon Holland's closer to playing than not. Um, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey. You brought up Want Nick Needham. to feel bad about the secondary? Uh, uh, go, go for it. Cam Smith, he suffered a foot injury in Wednesday's practice, and he did not practice on Thursday. He was seen in a walking boot. Uh, we heard after Sunday's loss against the Philadelphia Eagles that the Miami Dolphins were still taking it a little slow with Cam Smith, easing him into the rotation at cornerback. So while everything was trending in the right direction, Cam Smith is the only player who we saw downgraded from Wednesday to Thursday. I assume he was maybe doing some one-on-ones in coverage, maybe got stepped on, something like that. But the walking boot is a concern, especially for a second-round rookie that we're all hoping to see be that physical presence on the inside, something that we like out of like a Cater Kohu and a Nick Needham as well. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and we kind of talked about at the beginning of the year how, you know, could this be a guy that maybe they decide to redshirt because it did seem like a move, you know, they were trying to get ready for the years without X and maybe, you know, even Jalen Ramsey down the road. So you're getting Nick Needham back. You know, you potentially are getting Ramsey back. It sucks that this happened to Cam Smith, but I think the timing right now um, is better than before. But, I mean, he didn't even get out in the field much. So um, you hope Cam Smith has a speed recovery because we all loved what, you know, the promise and what the potential is that we have there. Um, receivers looks like Jalen Waddles back limited all week. Um, Tyree kill again back. So it, it seems like we're going to be a full go for the most part, right? And Connor Williams is still the one that kind of scares me though. I don't know about you, man, but, um, I hate to always piggyback on Liam Eikenberg, but it, it just bothers me. How does this offensive line shake up? We know Isaiah Wynn has been placed on injured reserve. Tron Armstead is at least another week away from returning to the lineup. Uh, Connor Williams is listed as the starting center. Breaking news, I know. But listed as the team's starting left guard with Isaiah Wynn on injured reserve is Liam Eichenberg. And on top of that, Liam Eichenberg is also the team's backup center. So, Josh, he ain't going away. He is going to be somewhere, one way or another. Where would you rather Liam Eikenberg fit in on this offense? Would you rather have him stick at center or, like this depth chart suggests, have him slide out to left guard despite there not being another center on this roster? I think Robert Jones might have a little bit of experience hiking a football, but not enough to uh, uh, say that he could be a backup center, I don't think. Yeah, and this is all just in our current situation, right? Connor Williams is probably not going to play, and you mentioned Isaiah Winout. So you're asking me where I'd rather see Eikenberg if I had to? No, it, 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 even if Connor Williams, I think he is actually trending towards playing. Okay, okay. Um, I, I always, I'm always at glass, uh, glass half full, 
Is that it? Empty. Is that, uh, yeah, glass half empty. I'm, I'll get it one of these times. So you're, you're I would rather a positive uh, pessimist somehow. Yeah, I don't, I don't like know that. how, but here you are. <laughs> every, all, every week I'll get it wrong. Um, Connor. So I'd rather have Connor Williams at center, and I think if you have to have Liam Eikenberg out there, left guard would be okay. But I still feel like that should be you know a chance for Robert Jones to get out there. But like you brought up on the last pod, Lester Conton was the first guy called into duty. So um, if it's up to me, no Eikenberg at center. If I have to go with it, let's throw him at guard. It's still very, very weird to me. When you look at this depth chart, Lester Cotton is listed as a third string right guard, and he was the first one to come into action um, on Sunday night where you have Robert Jones as that second string player. Just knowing that there's no other center behind Connor Williams and Liam Eikenberg is super spooky to me. Um, You do kind of wish that there was a Dan Feeney floating around because he'd be another guy that can both play that left guard and center position, which, hey, who'd have thought that's exactly what the Miami Dolphins need. Uh, Raheem Mostert was someone else who missed practice on Wednesday. He returned on Thursday. And I think we just got to maybe make a note in our heads, kind of maybe even write it on our foreheads that we can't overreact to Wednesdays because that does seem like a a vet rest day for a lot of players on this team. Yeah, and that's easier said than done, right? We'll we'll do our best not to overreact, but I mean, everyone was already counting um, Tyree Kill out for what a couple weeks (laughs) based on a very little stuff. So, um, yeah, man, I I hope these guys can come back, play healthy, and we'll see the way this team can shape up because I mean, we're looking at it. They don't, they're not the same New England Patriots team that we feared for many years, but they got some playmakers that, you know, do raise some questions, but their injury reports pretty much just as long, Jake, that looks like a CVS receipt as well. You are not kidding. Christian Barmore is the first name that sticks out to me. He's been limited on back-to-back days with a knee injury. However, the Patriots are starting to get healthy on the offensive line. Trent Brown returned to action. Uh, Kelvin Anderson has actually been downgraded. He's dealing with an injury. My bad about that. But Cole Strange is another guy who is returning from injury as well. Uh, let me see here if anyone else is really sticking out. A lot of guys, it's kind of like the Dolphins. They, they list everyone on the injury report. We've kind of, it's always been that way with the Patriots, right? Everybody, you know, I remember being like, what, let's say like 2006 and seeing that Tom Brady's questionable on a Wednesday going into a game against the Dolphins, having like my fingers crossed, like we might not see Brady. We might not see Brady. Then by Friday, it's like, yeah, no crap. He's going to be playing out there. So that's kind of where we see with this uh, injury report. We're going to see how a lot of things shake up, uh, by Sunday, I think there's a lot of feel that goes into it. We were a little surprised last week to see Xavier and Howard and Connor Williams both inactive. Um, Josh, is there one name here where you're fairly confident they will be active, where it would be a surprise if you're sitting there at like 1130 or so Sunday morning and you look at the list and that name, your eyes just instantly go to it like, oh, no. For the Dolphins, I guess you're asking, right? Yeah. Mainly. I, I think it'd probably be Javon Holland. I mean, I think you and I both think that he's probably progressed in the right direction. I'm still holding out hope for Xavier Howard. I mean, I really want to see him out there. So that would be that name that if I don't see on the list, I would be very, very stoked. But I'd be surprised if Holland misses this game because it just seems like he's trending in the right direction. And everything we know about Javon Holland, he's going to go out there and fight and do everything he can to get on the field. Vic Fangio had an interesting quote following the loss of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Miami Dolphins... Surrendered 31 points, Joshua. However, Vic Fangio said this was a defense that was just a few plays away from playing, having a great performance. When you hear something like that, would you agree? I mean, I, I think I would. I think when you look at the tape, I mean, the hardest thing for them to do is contain A.J. Brown in current situation, you know, tough situations, right? I mean, if you had a healthy secondary out there, and I know we're making excuses, but, you know, there's different ways the ball bounces. You saw the penalties, the countless different things that could have gone different ways there. I think um, Vic Fangio might be on the right track with that. When you look at how well David Long played, Jerome Baker, they were getting pressure on Hurts. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I can agree with that, but I am a little surprised based on, you know, the outcome of the game and, and how much, uh, they did allow AJ Brown and some of those other guys to feast in Philly's, uh, offense. What were your thoughts when you heard that? I kind of agreed too. I think, I mean, I'm not saying that AJ Brown's going to have 10 receptions for what, like a buck 50 and a touchdown every week. Uh, but there are going to be games where he just goes absolutely bananas. Um, you know, there's going to be situations where he, uh, some guy tries to tackle him and that pressure bounces off him and, and knocks off another defender somehow. I, I don't understand how it happens. He's an absolute uh, awesome player, but I, I think I do agree that this Dolphins defense is headed in the dire right direction. And I feel like Sunday's game is an interesting opportunity for this unit to really define themselves and say, Hey, this was, uh, this was that game that Mike McDaniel was talking about. Remember after they won 70 to 20, um, he was looking around at all the defensive players and saying, Hey, there's going to be a game, you know, we're going to need to win 10 to three or something like that. Now, I don't think that this game is going to be a 13 point total type game. But what I do see here is that Mac Jones had a, pretty successful week last week i think he had four different receivers with at least 50 yards now none of them went bananas they all had about 63 at the absolute most uh he wasn't pressured he was pressured on about 21 percent of snaps last week and you have a miami dolphins defense that ranks third in sacks their first in quarterback hits but we kind of see mac jones being like to it in the sense of hey he can be that blackjack dealer right he can toss it out to a bunch of different players well the dolphins actually are 27th in completion percentage allowed. So it kind of fits into his strength of being that blackjack dealer. However, the, the one interesting stat I've gone back to like seven times this week, so, so saying, thanks for dealing with it, but the Dolphins are also first in yards allowed per reception. So they are going to encourage Mac Jones to dink and dunk, and it's going to be really interesting to see if Miami's defensive line, despite the fact this isn't a unit that blitzes a lot, can get some sort of pressure as this New England Patriots offensive line is starting to get healthy and becoming one of the better units in the NFL uh, as much as we don't want to give them credit. So seeing if the defensive line can force Mac Jones into some hurried throws and make him not be that guy who, hey, this Dolphins defense, they, they'll let you dink and dunk all the way down the field, but you have to be perfect for, you know, 10 to 15 type plays. Can that defense disrupt them, you know, two, three times where they don't even have a chance to get to those 10, 15 plays and score a touchdown? I think so. I think this is the matchup for that defense to go out there and, you know, I don't want to say assert their dominance or prove that they are this, you know, elite unit that we thought at the beginning of the year, but I think they have the opportunity to do so. You mentioned Mac Jones being able to almost turn chicken uh, poop into chicken salad, you know, avoiding pressure, you know, making completions against, you know, some of these weapons that we, you know, I, I hate to make fun of them, but Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Mike Kosicki, I mean, he doesn't have the greatest playmakers around him, but when you look at that offensive line, I do think they're susceptible to giving up pressure and with how good the Dolphins have been this year you mentioned it I mean I don't know if it was because we weren't seeing sacks as much or what but you know a couple weeks ago Dolphin fans seemed like they were down on this pass rush and you mentioned it what third and QB hits you know pressure I believe first you know sacking the quarterback left and right so you get a healthy Jalen Phillips who we saw uh look like himself last week Bradley Chubb's playing out of his mind those two guys between them Will Concealer I do think this is that game where they pressure the heck out of Mac Jones and force some of those errors that we've seen in years past and maybe we see X uh once again um, doing the Marshawn Lynch celebration in the end zone while he's grabbing his uh, groin. It always does seem like X has Max's number. He had the interception in week two while uh, covering Devontae Parker. Uh, Sunday against the Buffalo Bills was the first time the New England Patriots scored more than 20 points in a game. Uh, the Miami Dolphins had scored 20 points or more in every game except for one so far this season, just for a little context. And now when I say that the Dolphins have a shot to win this game with defense, I'm not trying to say that this 
um, Patriots offense come out and punch you in the face and things like that. This offense, despite last week's win, which was at home, which I think plays a very big deal in these divisional games, uh, this offense really struggled. 17 or less points five times. They're one and four in those games. Uh, one guy I do have circled, and Kat and I talked about him a bit yesterday, is Demario Pop Douglas. Uh, if you remember week two, Bradley Chubb forced a fumble, and he just sat the rest of the game. And there were even some players, I think, griping, like, hey, you know, he had a mistake, but he's out. he should be out there. He's a pretty good playmaker. Uh, four of six targets last week uh, were receptions for 54 yards, one rush for 20 yards for an offense that is brutal and really inches its way down the field. You know, you think about Mac Jones averaging five yards a, a pass last week, having someone like Davis can be that difference maker where you can get those chunk yardage and try to limit some mistakes at the same time. And that was Demario Douglas, correct? Is that what you're talking about? Slot receiver. Yeah. And then you got Cater Kohu. That's a matchup there. I mean, I'm looking at pro football focus because someone, uh, very kindly shared um, their login information with me. And he is their, their highest graded uh, offensive player besides Trent Brown. So um, Demario Douglas versus Cater Coho. Let's see the way that one matches up. But I guess it all come down to um, those other guys in the secondary, right? Depending on what Xavier Howard does and Jalen Ramsey. I think one of the biggest reasons as we look at the Smiley Dolphins offense, you know, Tua Tungavilla, you mentioned at the top, undefeated when facing Bill Belichick. I think a big reason this could be is because, you know, we saw it with Brian Flores. There's a bit of stubbornness, right? You know, we run our defense. We're going to run our defense. And that's what it's going to be. No team blitzes more than the New England Patriots. And, and that's just gotten much worse since they suffered, you know, injuries in the secondary. All of a sudden, J.C. Jackson is back there. He has to face the Miami Dolphins for the second time. And then Tua against the Blitz this season. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So to me, man, if you want to explain to me in one sentence, even though I did it in like a bajillion words, why Tua is good against the Patriots, they blitz way too much. I think it's that simple. Yeah, when you're getting the ball out as quick as he is, I mean, not only is he reading the the defense better, he's getting the ball out and finding the spot and, you know, where he needs to go with the football. So um, I'm glad you brought that up because you were sitting there talking about how blitz heavy they were. And I was just thinking, I started to look it up, man. How how good is to have been against the blitz? Because I know he's just been money. So will anything change from the New England Patriots? Probably not. And Tua Tumbelow is probably going to go out there and have the opportunities to once again um, do the things that he does. But we just hope we don't see any of those mistakes that we've seen years prior, right? From Tua Tumbelow, maybe not seeing the way the defense is playing and throwing one right into the linebacker's heart and soul like we've we've uh, noticed before. But, uh, yeah, man, two-time below versus the Blitz, it's game over. And hopefully New England, well, in, for them, I hope they have a, a better way to game plan because two is getting that ball out quick to guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and they're getting that yak this season, something they really haven't gotten in years past. The Patriots have always done a very good job at containing Tyree Kill, and it's interesting because they blitz a bunch, but how can you contain Tyree Kill? Well, they do a great job at doubling, you know, shading safeties in that direction, but if you go look at some trends, Jalen Waddle has had some pretty awesome games against the New England Patriots as a result. Tua's been a, doing a great job at just shuffling around, understanding where that pressure is and, and finding the weak spot in that defense. And someone who I think is going to have a monster, monster uh, workload in this game, Raheem Mostert. The running game really struggled last week. We didn't see much out of Jeff Wilson and Salvan Ahmed, but 
people are already forgetting that two weeks ago, Raheem Mostert was AFC defense, or excuse me, offensive player of the week. Uh, I think he had what 120 yards, three touchdowns, he had 11 total touchdowns on the season. Despite one off week, I think we go back to that week two Patriots game where he Mostert had like 120 rushing yards and a touchdown that week as well. I think that the running game is going to help the Miami Dolphins offense a lot because I think especially in these divisional games, man, if one thing's clear through having a season and a half of Tyree kill, these teams in the AFC East are going to do everything they possibly can to make sure he's not the reason the Miami Dolphins win against a divisional opponent. I'm sorry, froze up there. You finished, right? Yeah. Sorry. Good. Okay. No, you're good. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill is going against JC Jackson again, right? Didn't they uh, go head to head earlier in the year? Week one um, looks like 11 to 15 targets for Tyreek Hill, 215 yards matched up against JC Jackson. So it could absolutely be a long day there. And, um, you know, he's well on his way for that 2000 yards. I mean, do you think that's why he's playing this week, Jake? You think he's so gung ho to get out there and play in every game because he's trying to hit this mark? I mean, um, I don't think he cares that much, but to your point about Raheem Mostert, he looks like he's going to play. If he doesn't play, who do you see sliding in there? Would it be Jeff Wilson? Would it be Salvin Ahmed? Who would get the bulk of the touches if, you know, for some reason, Raheem Mostert's one of those guys that shows up on the list last second and we're just like, oh, no, not RB1. I think it'd be Jeff Wilson. Uh, you go back to last season, there were a few weeks where Jeff Wilson did lead the team in carries and rushing yards, and he can definitely get the job done. I think there is just a little more sense of explosiveness um, in the sense of having someone like Raheem Mostert in the backfield. But I think that's why you invest in having a guy like Jeff Wilson, and that's why you're, you know, you're sniffing around uh, the Jonathan Taylors, if you can get one of these guys on the cheap. Um it is a scary situation, but I'm fairly confident that Raheem Mostert's going to be good to go come Sunday. Uh, but, man, so one thing is clear is we have seen some surprises on the injury report. And I would be a little queasy having Jeff Wilson start, but I do think this rushing attack, especially just you know Mike McDaniel's knowledge of the running game, uh, would be good enough for this unit to get the job done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just feel like if you need to have that run game going to have this whole offense work is, you know, in sync the way we've seen over these last few weeks. So let's hope he's out there. Let's hope we can continue to do what we do. And let's handle this New England Patriots team that's, you know, going to be a little bit more feisty than what we saw in week two. One final note here about the offense, something to keep on your radar. My bad for not bringing this up earlier. River Craycraft, his 21-day window is open to return to the field. He suffered a shoulder injury earlier in the season. He was limited both Wednesday and Thursday, but – didn't really get the vibe that this was supposed to be a long-term injury with Revere Craigcraft. And don't get me wrong, this is all tinfoil hat. But he's one of those guys I wouldn't be surprised if it was a four weeks and he's good to go and they're just kind of ramping him up this week. But that's just something to keep on your radar as we push forward to Sunday's game. Joshua, as we begin to wrap up here, how are you feeling about this game? What's your thoughts? What's the prediction? Yeah, I mean, I hate to say I feel queasy because that might not be – I guess I'm not Joe Philbin queasy. What would be like that mid-tier one? You know what I mean. We're not calling timeouts for Philip Wheeler, but uh, Jason Sanders Taco going out Bell for game-winning – Okay, I was going to say Jason Sanders going out for game-winning field goal queasy. But either way, I mean, uh, the way that they looked last week against the Buffalo Bills, the way that they're starting to come together a little bit, the way these division matchups go – I'm feeling a little bit uneasy, but again, I think the Dolphins want to come out and, you know, prove that they are one of those top teams after what we saw last week. So I'm definitely not going to root against them. As you mentioned, as you mentioned, the Dolphins have uh, two time below has never lost to the New England Patriots. So I'm going to go. And last time is what? 24, 17. I'll go 27, 13. How's that sound? I'm not really going, moving the needle too much here. 30, 13. I changed it. 30 to 13. Okay. There, there we go. 30 to 13 Dolphins. What are your, what's your prediction, Jake? 
Yeah, and, and I kind of like the idea of it being a lower scoring game, Bill Belichick being against this Miami Dolphins offense, but we do. Christian Gonzalez, uh, a loaded defense, not a lot of film about it, and the Dolphins put up 24 points. I think they can match that and exceed that, especially being at home. They're undefeated at home. I love 30 to 13, man. That's actually perfect. So I'm just going to go 31 to 13 to be that guy and just maybe say it's going to be four touchdowns and a field goal while you have like three touchdowns and three field goals. Either way, potato, potato. Hopefully the Dolphins can pull out a win here, maybe cover the spread just so we're not too, too worried because we all can admit we do not want to go into Kansas City, well, Germany to play the Chiefs off a loss. But that is it. That is our week eight preview. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another Dolphins podcast. We will be back on Monday with our game recap. But until then, we hope you have a wonderful weekend. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up. Fins up.